Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to instill something in us this morning called faith. That uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we're, we're going to go through a scripture in a moment. And uh, I really, I love the fact that we can take a pause from the endless media programs, <laughs> that we can take a pause from just, you know, the constant beating of that same drum of fear, that we could take, uh, have, a, have a time out and just reset everything and go, okay, let's just get our bearings here for a moment. And, and uh, we're not denying, you know, something bad's happening and that there's, you know, there, there are people dying around the world. We're not denying any of that. It's, it's real. And I'm certainly not here to make light of any of it. Uh, this morning, I think, is not about that. But it is to reset ourselves on, and our refocus on our God and walk by faith. That's, that's what we're on about. Uh, where I come from in Detroit, it's a pretty tough town. Uh, and I lived on the, the good side of it where the rich people live, South Detroit, on an island uh, called Gross Hill. But I also lived a, a good chunk of my life uh, next to the Ford factory. It wasn't the ghetto, and it wasn't the roughest part of Detroit by any stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely blue collar. And, uh, and there's something about that part of America, and especially Detroit, where uh, people, you know, they, they just call it as it is. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the great sayings that, that I heard a lot of, it's easy to talk the talk, but what about walk the walk? Uh, it's not about talking the talk, it's about walking the walk. And, and in Detroit, if, if you're going to shoot your big mouth off, uh, well, you better back it up because somebody's going to take you on. And, uh, and that's true with, you know, fights and all the rest of it, which I witnessed a lot of <laughs> growing up. Like, whoa, you know, if you're going to shoot your mouth off, then uh, back it up. And uh, when it comes to faith, it's easy to talk the talk, but... Uh, but it's only in circumstances and trials and tribulations and, and seasons like this that really you find out where your walk is. It's not just where your talk is. And I, and I, I believe that our church, you're an amazing group of people, and the church is people. The church isn't some, I don't know, something out there floating around. It's not like, like, like people say, oh, the government. Well, who, who are you talking about, the government? Like, it's a, people are elected constantly. They're coming and going. The thing changes all the time. The church is like that, too. We're in flux. People come in. People leave. The church isn't some stagnant body, uh, some committee. It certainly isn't a building, and it certainly isn't Pastor Ed. I'm part of it, but I'm not the church. So, you know, the church is the body of Christ, and, and God says she's perfect. She's beautiful. She's a bride. She's without spot. She's without wrinkle. And, and, and she doesn't look that way in the natural all the time, but we're, we're working on that. That's why we're here. We're to work on that. And I, I've used this metaphor before, but if, uh, uh, if I could use one metaphor to describe the church, it really is a, a type of a hospital. It's where people come in to get well and, and, and to get whole spiritually, uh, emotionally, in their soul, body, soul, and spirit. But unlike any other hospital, uh, there's nobody here that's perfect, that's whole, that's got it all together, including the pastor. 
which means that we all have to get off of our sickbed, so to speak, and, and with our dysfunctions and everything else that we don't have going perfect, we get to wait on the other patients and have mercy and compassion and sympathy, and God set it up that way. I think it's just amazing how God set this whole thing up so that every single one of us has an opportunity to love every single other person that's out there, both in the body of Christ and outside of the body of Christ. Now, that takes a lot of faith. Faith isn't just in uh, circumstances like coronavirus and the economy and other things that are coming against us. Faith is also seeing the best in each other. Faith is also going, okay, I know that person has some dysfunctions. I know they're acting ugly at times. I know that uh, there's a lot of unforgiveness going on. But faith says, I believe in God working in you enough that I'm going to pray and I'm going to stay on God's side through the whole thing. I'm going to get up and I'm going to minister to you, uh, even if you don't deserve it and even if you're ugly back. That's faith. Now, when it comes to faith, and uh, I want to give us a scripture in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. This should come up. In 2 Corinthians 5, I'm just going to read 1 to 11 here. And that church in Corinth, uh, Gail and I actually visited that site in Corinth uh, where, the, where the church is, and, and the ruins are still there where Paul actually talked. There's a plaque there that says this is the place where Paul addressed, you know, uh, whoever it was, and a uh, pretty amazing place anyway. But they were going through some incredibly hard times. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible, it seems like the, the, the Bible is just punctuated with one hard time after another. And often it, it begins with, uh, during that time there was a famine in the land. Or during that time they were killing every kid under two years old. Or during that time it was the rule or the reign of and then some wicked person like Ahab and Jezebel and all hell was being unleashed. And uh, they weren't uh, in a season of incredible pleasure here and everything was going well. The church was persecuted like nothing before, and they're in a place there where full of unbelief. They're in a place where Greek philosophy ruled and reigned. And, and listen to uh, some of what Paul said to the church in verse 1 of uh, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. He says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. Now, that's, that could happen in so many different ways, and eventually for every single one of us here it will. I know that's sobering, but your body, the tent that you live in here on earth, your earth suit, it doesn't go on forever. Something's going to take you out, whether it's old age, sickness, disease, a car, a plane. I don't know. You're going, though, and I'm thankful for that. And Paul says, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands, so he's not here talking about uh, bricks and mortar. Meanwhile, we groan. This is why we're in this earthly earth suit, this earth tent, your body with coronaviruses hovering around. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Now, right now, you, uh, you might not realize it, but compared to the glory of what you're going to receive and your, the, the glory of the house that God has for you, your, your eternal uh, glorified body, you, you really are, we're, we're naked. In verse 4, for a while, 
Sorry, for while we are in this tent, he calls it a tent, I like that. Some people's tents are big and some are small. We groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, that is to die, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Oh, I love that. This is so absolutely loaded with incredible revelation. It's tempting to stop and just preach on any of these things, but we're not going to do that this morning. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So I'm not clinging on. Paul's not encouraging us. Just hang on to this because this is all there is and this is all you got. And, you know, we evolved from something less than a mosquito and, and, you know, from monkeys and all the rest of it and and cling to that body, that hunk of flesh, that tent. He's not encouraging. He's he's actually going quite the other way and and encouraging us, don't hang on so much that you forget that our, our home is heaven. Our, our tent is a glory, not this tent here. We get a glorified body, which is going to excel in, in every way. But verse 7 here, for we live by faith, not by sight. If there ever was a scripture that's worth putting on a card, putting it on your mirror, uh, thinking about it constantly, honestly memorizing, not a hard one to memorize at all, we live by faith, not by sight. Quit looking at everything that's going on as if that's permanent. None of this is permanent at all. The permanent bit is the glory bit. It's the Holy Spirit in you will reveal that. He's given as a, as a, a, a first uh, fruits, if you will. He's given, given as a guarantee, the Bible says, a surety that there's something greater. Find the Holy Spirit. Tap into him. Walk in the Holy Spirit, even though you're walking in an earthly body, an earthly tent. Get out of that frame of mind that this is all we've got, and, and if something happens to this, we're, we're just really stuffed. No, you're not, actually. There's something called heaven. It's our home, and there's something to walk in here called faith, not sight. I'm going to read the rest down to verse 11, then we're going to go back to verse 7. For we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, of course. So we make it our goal to please him. Here's some some great things to, to put some goals in life. I've got a goal. It's to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from. In other words, whether you're alive or you, you've, you're finished. Verse 10. For we, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us, so that each of us may receive what is due for us for the things done while in the body whether good or bad, the ministry of reconciliation. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. I just love that so much because Paul just nails it. What your eyes are on, this temporal, this earthly, 
they need to be shifted off of that. And our goal must be Christ Jesus to please him. And it's, it's based on that kind of a life that, that, that we get to live, not just have to live. It's based upon that whole goal that he is the prize. He's the only one we're pleasing. He's the only one to fear, to be quite honest. Don't fear anything here. Fear the fact that you'll stand before him and uh, you will be judged based on your, the deeds that you have done in your body, uh, both good or bad, he says here. That, that judgment seat of Christ, that's something that I, I think, wow, like if we would set our goals on on, on heavenly things and get our eyes off of here uh, off of here we'd start to think how can I stretch this thing out to do more uh, for the gospel and for the kingdom of God instead of thinking oh, I just want to get out of here and, and shrinking back and how how little can I do to get by and and, and fearing that, that as if life is the only thing uh, that, that that we've got we've got to live for eternity guys and get our eyes off of all this stuff now the just shall live by faith, the Bible says in about four other scriptures, and we walk by faith and not by sight. So the question, it begs the question, then what does it mean to walk by faith? A lot of people don't understand that there is a big difference between walking by faith and not just walking by sight, but by walking in something else called denial. And I want to camp on that for a moment because I think it's very uh, apropos and very uh, very much something that we need to grab a hold of in this particular season, what it means to actually walk by faith. I've been uh, about four decades now in my journey of following Jesus. About over three of those decades have been pastoring this church. In fact, uh, we uh, didn't celebrate, but we've just passed uh, a 31-year anniversary this month of uh, pastor. I think there's another week, and it'll be 31 years since this church was pioneered in the high school. So I've seen a lot of things come and go. And some of you older saints, you know what I'm talking about. You've heard it. You've seen it as well. And I've seen a lot of things that were called faith, but they were actually foolishness. Or as uh, Fred Price, once a, a preacher, uh, wrote about that faith, foolishness, and presumption where we're presuming things on God that aren't faith at all, where we're being foolish about things, calling things that, uh, that really aren't faith, calling them faith. And, and, and things like uh, medicine versus faith. Well, there is no such thing. It's not medicine versus faith. It's medicine with faith. Just like it's not the gifts of the Spirit versus love. I, I had a, a young guy once in a... Uh, was a, a, a line to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They asked me a uniting church in a place called Caringbaugh, I think south of Sydney, when I was itinerant ministry to, to come. The, the minister there was a meth, uh, what was it, a uniting church. He, uh, he asked me to come and, and share about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, at, at your service, man, you got, absolutely. And I thought, a uniting church where they don't really know that, they don't preach on that, they weren't anywhere in this particular church. And, uh, and he, you know, he asked me to come, and, and I said, can I have an altar call for people to be filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues? He said, absolutely. And so I thought, okay, you know, like you got the right guy. And so I preached on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Talked a bit about the gifts of the Spirit. At the end of that, I had an altar call or a line where people came up. And this young guy came up, and he was, like, really heated. You could have fried an egg on his head. He was so upset. 
And he goes, he comes up to me and he goes, I've got something greater than the, than the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm like, oh, really? Wow. Like, what is it? And I knew exactly what he was going to say. And he goes, uh, I got love. <laughs> well, give it away. You didn't even need to say it. Look at you, man. Like, his face was all scrunched up and he was just like, I honestly think he would have killed me or hit me if it wasn't in a church. And I said to him, it's not love versus the gifts of the Spirit. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I'm just a lot of noise. But what if you have love and you speak with the tongues of men and angels? Then you're not a lot of noise. Though I I'll prophesy and tell all mysteries but have not love, it profits me nothing. Well, what if you prophesy with love? I think that would say something a lot about it. It profits you a lot. Though I, you know, have faith to move mountains, says, but have not love. What if you have love and faith to move mountains? So it's not love versus the gifts of the Spirit, and it's not medicine, doctors, and, and hospitals, or the government out there versus faith or the things of God. These things work out of love, and they work out of faith, and God has called us into that, and we prayed for, I thank God for modern medicine. Now, when I used to, when I was in Bible college, I sat under some pretty great ministry and some great teaching on faith, and I thank God for that. I used to listen, however, on the radio. I had this job driving this stretch limousine for one of the wealthiest guys in Tulsa at the time, and uh, I'd drive around and pull in. It was a big Cadillac stretch limousine. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> and I'd pull into McDonald's, barely make it through the drive-through with the turn and everything. And I would go everywhere in that, that limousine. And people would be trying to look inside. Had some great experiences doing that. But one of the, one of the things that I really enjoyed was when I would drop Frank off, my boss, I would have the limousine and all the time to study the word, to listen to the radio. I had a little television in the back. I could crawl back in there on Monday night, watch Monday night football, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, this is way before mobile phones and everything else. But I used to listen to this particular preacher on the radio. And he was preaching this message, calling it faith. But he said, if you go to the doctor and you're a believer, you're not a believer. He said, if, if you're sick and you go to the doctor, he says, you're not in faith. And I remember listening to that, uh, and he kind of had this haughty kind of prideful voice. That's all I could say about it. And it used to irritate me so much that I'd turn off the radio, but I never knew. I, I couldn't put my finger on what is it that he's saying that's wrong. And he was pitting doctors and medicine and science against faith. And, and as I started to pray that one through, God showed me something, which I do want to share with you this morning, because I believe that it's absolutely imperative in times like this when diseases and things are going around, that we understand the difference between faith and something called denial. So this man would talk about that, and then he would go on and say how he had not been to a doctor in I don't know what it was. He was up to 30 years or something. I haven't been to a doctor in 30 years. And I'm like, well, good on you. That's, that's good. You know, you're pretty healthy, I guess. But if somebody goes to the doctor, they're, they're not operating in faith. And God showed me that faith calls things which be not, the Bible says, as though they were. 
But it doesn't call things that, that are as though they're not. Now, there is a, a world of difference, and let me just unpack that a little bit, because faith and denial are, are not the same thing. Faith says this. Let, let's just say that, you know, you're sick. Faith doesn't go, I'm not sick, and then quote a bunch of scripture, by stripes I'm healed, bless you, you know, blah, blah, not Psalm 91 and everything. All great scriptures stand on the word of God, absolutely. But faith does not deny the circumstances. What faith does do is it calls on the greater one, Christ the healer, to come in and fix the problem. It doesn't deny the problem. Do you understand that? Denial, however, says sickness. What sickness? I'm not sick. Well, yeah, you are, man. You got a cold. I don't have a cold. Blessed be God, you know, and then quote more scripture. That is so easy and so cheap to talk that talk when you're not walking that walk. And then to project that onto other people. So don't, I don't need to wash my hands. Yeah, you do. You should. Let's, let's just take that in another realm. Uh, you know, back, back when I was studying about all of this, faith and everything, uh, there was a group of people that, how uh, to bless their hearts, man. They were, they were just, you know, you don't need to have insurance because, you know, by faith, the angels will protect my house. I don't have insurance. And I'm like, oh, good. That's cool for you. Do you lock your door? Well, yeah, I lock my door when I go. Why? Why do you lock your door? Do you lock your door at night? You know, some neighborhoods, you want to lock your door at night. <laughs> Why don't you just stand there and believe the angels will protect you all night? I don't need to lock my door with the children in bed and everything else. <sighs> you don't check your brain out because you're called to walk by faith and not by sight. Do you understand that? And so one of the churches, I'm digressing here, but I'm going to get back to the other story in a moment. But, uh, you know, one of the churches at the time that was, you know, we're a faith church and everything else, and, and uh, they had a fire in their half their building burned out, and they didn't have insurance. And they didn't have enough money to rebuild. So guess what happened? They had to close the doors. Another church I was reading about was insured. In fact, over here in, uh, in, uh, in Brisbane, the floods came through. In fact, two, two or three churches, uh, pastor friends of mine that had insurance, they got better churches after all the stuff happened. Was one in faith and the other not? No, my friend. One was in denial. The other one was in faith. So denial says this. It says the circumstance doesn't exist. Now, that's Christian science, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that that, that you know, represents. That particular pastor, several years passed, and now I'm pastoring over here, and, you know, that was back in Oklahoma now. I don't know, 20 years passed or whatever it was. And a friend of mine, pastor friend, said, are you going to go to the, uh, the pastor's breakfast? And I said, sure. He said, I'll come and pick you up on the way up, but it was, it was up at Suncoast. And I said, who's the speaker? And he says, I don't know the guy's name, but he, he took over uh, a church. So my pastor friend picked me up. We went up to the breakfast, and we had uh, uh, assigned seats. And my seat was right across from the pastor that took over the church. And I had the question, <laughs> what happened to Hobart? 
And, I, and uh, somebody said, oh, he, he, he died. And I'm like, guys like that don't die. He wasn't an old man. He died, really? Like, he, he was kind of like maybe a little bit older than me, and this is you know, a few years ago. And I'm thinking, no, he couldn't have died. He, he's Superman, super faith man. And so I'm sitting across from the pastor that took over that church, and uh, I've learned because I've had foot in the mouth so many times. <laughs> so I was nice, and we started eating, eating breakfast. And I said to him, so you took over whatever the name of the church was. And he goes, yeah, that's right. And he goes, it was a real mess. I'm like, really? He says, yeah, when Dad died. Uh, <laughs> so I said, oh, how did Dad die? And he says, oh, um, well, my wife because he was the, this guy was the son-in-law, we called him dad. He said, uh, my wife's probably better to answer that question. So she's right, she's sitting right there, the daughter of Superman. <laughs> and so I said, how did he die? So I said, I used to listen to him a lot on the radio. I didn't say, I used to turn it off, and I, you know, <laughs> it's heresy. And uh, she said, oh, dad cut his foot, and he wouldn't go to the doctor. And so gangrene set in, blood poisoning, and he died. He cut his foot. Could have gone and got it cleaned out, stitched up. But you know what he did instead? <laughs> There's no cut. Cut? What cut? <laughs> you know, by his stripes, I'm healed. Well, you are. Go to the doctor and let God finish the job, for goodness sakes. The guy's dead now. Do you understand that? In times like this, we don't need to operate in denial with viruses going around and deadly things. Use wisdom. This is not wash your hands versus faith. This is not getting stupid time. There's a real virus out there that could kill real people. Well, it is. And the best thing to do is just be wise and realize that walking by faith and not by sight does not mean denying anything. Do not deny any of it. Walk by faith. So what does faith do? It calls on the greater one. If you're experiencing symptoms or something like that, call on God. My goodness. Go to the doctor, of course. Look after yourself. Get a good night's sleep. Eat well. Do whatever it takes. God is not against doctors. God is for you, not against you. And walking by faith does not mean testing God or tempting God and commanding God do something your way. He's God. Now, if God speaks to you in Romans 10, 17, says this, it says, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If God was to speak to you about something and tell you, drink apple cider vinegar or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Just go home and go to bed. Well, fair enough, but you better make sure it's God speaking to you. Does that make sense? I hope that you understand that because the difference is, honestly, it causes so much confusion in the body of Christ, especially with Christian well-meaning people, you know, but I'm standing in faith. Stand in faith, but don't deny the circumstances. Stand in faith, but don't operate in delusion and don't operate in denial. And don't project that on other people either. Well, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't be doing that. No, you probably would be doing it because faith is in God regardless. 
If I go to the doctor, I'm not operating out of faith and in, 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 in doubt and unbelief. I'm praising God all the way through. Give me a diagnosis. I can handle the truth, doctor. I don't need to, to, to live in, a, in denial. If you got something, you got it. Now call on God as your healer, for goodness sakes. Don't deny, Denying it isn't going to cause you to get healed. Do you understand that? So have insurance. Lock your door at night. Go to the doctor. Be in faith. Get a hold of the word of God. Confess the word of God. Pray it through for goodness sakes. But don't you dare deny the circumstances and then blame God for not coming through. Because that's not the way God operates. We walk by faith and not by sight. Once I know what it is, my sight is on him and him alone. I am not going to stare at the media and listen to all, you know, some people, honestly, I don't want to go too far down this road because <laughs> I just got to mention it, though. Some people are becoming experts. You know, one thing I noticed about when I was in prison ministries and visited ministered to a lot of prisons all over the world was if you really, if you wanted to know a legal issue, go to the prison. They actually know, those prisoners know more than the lawyers do. <laughs> They got all day to study law. It's like you go in there and you go, oh, he stole this car and, uh, you know, that, that's, that. no, no, mate. It was Grand Theft Auto because it was over, you know, X number of dollars. Oh, Grand Theft Auto, yeah, that's right. Well, under that, it's called joyriding. You know, it's a different sentence and you're going to get three to five for that. You're going to get, you know, blah, 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 blah. They know more than what the lawyer that's representing them know. And some people are experts on the coronavirus. Be an expert on the word of God, for goodness sakes. Be an expert in faith. Be a light in the darkness. Get out and, and, and shine during this time. This is the time for the church to be the church. We are a candle. We can't be hidden under a bushel. We're to be out there, show people what joy looks like, for goodness sakes. Don't feed, 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 feed just on fear, 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 fear. I love what God's doing in his body, in his church right now, because I think it's extraordinary. I think if there ever was a season for the church, it's now. So I'm not like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh. Now, we're probably going to have live streaming. And if the government does say we can't have meetings like this, or if it's not wise to have meetings like this for some reason, then we, 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 we will have live streaming. We're working on that because uh, we believe the word of God's going to get out. I still believe that, uh, you know, with wisdom, I still believe that community and, and having worship and everything that we do, I, I believe we do, we're not going to shut down on any of that. However, if you don't feel comfortable with it, that's okay. Just don't project it onto everybody else. So if you don't want to come to church because you're afraid, don't come to church. You can watch it online or whatever, whatever when we get that up. But don't project that on everybody else. Right now our government says, 500 is, is the number. We're well and truly uh, under that, so we're okay with that one. Uh, if you're not feeling well, don't come and give everybody else whatever it is that you got. That should be happening regardless of whether it's corona or something else that you got. If it's contagious, 
Keep it to yourself. Get over it. Stay at home. Don't come and bless everybody else, even with the common cold. I don't want your blessing. Thank you like that. You know, don't shake my hand because <laughs> my faith isn't, you know, in that. I'm not, I don't want whatever you got. And don't give it to everybody else either. So if you feel like you've got the symptoms, dry, sore throat, headache, aches and pains, all of that, quarantine yourself, for goodness sakes. Be wise on that one. Amen? And uh, let's just be wise as serpents and harmless as doves when it comes to spreading stuff like that. Well, I, I, there are a lot of areas when it comes to walking by faith and not by sight. And I might even do a whole series on it because it's it really, there's so much to unpack in the Word of God. But, but I always remember this in Acts chapter 10 and, and verse 38. It says this, it doesn't need to go up, but... Uh, uh, the Bible actually says this, how Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that's where he grew up. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, Nathaniel said? How Jesus Christ, Jesus humanity, Christ deity, how Jesus Christ, born and raised in a very common place, born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, how Jesus Christ of Nazareth went about healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. I always remember God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. I always remember that God is for you, never against you. He is always for you. Even when you're doing bad, he is still for you. I always remember that God is the solution to every problem, including coronavirus. I always remember that it's Christ that's the healer, and you don't need to deny the circumstance. You just need to call on Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went about healing all, all means all, who are sick and oppressed of the devil. This thing is from the pit of hell, and it needs to go back there. And God God is not the one. He didn't author coronavirus to teach, you know, a bunch of us a lesson. We're in a fallen world. We groan and travail. We're looking for our new glorified body to come. Until then, bad stuff is going to happen. Don't blame God for it. Call upon God to come and heal it. And he is there all the time. God is good, and God is good all the time. Come on, church. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you right now. We set our hearts. This is your body which is broken for us. You appropriated healing on the cross. That by your stripes we are healed. I thank you for Psalm 91. That none of these things shall come near us. Pestilences, sicknesses, and disease. We are in a covenant with Almighty God which was ratified with the blood of Jesus. I thank you right now for every person. Your sins are washed away. Stand in the covenant. If you need to repent of anything, repent. It means to turn or change your mind towards it. Make a decision right now. Somebody here needs to ask Jesus into their hearts. This is easy. You say, how do I do that? If you don't know Jesus or you're away from God right now, I want you to say this after me. Say, dear God, I give my life to your son. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I turn from my past towards you. Thank you for forgiving me in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving me the power to break free from the sin of my past. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, guys. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.